Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Radio. Feel like racking out here on this Monday. Got to do something to stay awake. We uh, went out. Uh, we went to a whole bunch of different deals on Friday night. Went out to the Tap the Keg event at Moscow, and then we went to the Corner Club, and then we went back to the Coeur d'Alene Casino and uh, hung out there playing cards for a while. And uh, then I worked until four forty-five in the morning on uh, Sunday morning. So feeling a little bit, but giving giving ourselves a little juice with a little hard rock here. On this Monday, hopefully you have a great start to your week. I'm Coulter Nuanas. This is Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Appreciate you for tuning in here uh, to get your week started. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, it was our Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. All of today's Nuanas Now Hour number one is on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is available on all of the various podcast hosting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Nuwana Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where their auger is all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. I, uh, our great buddy and uh, awesome photographer, Blake Hempstead, he got me about 15 photos right after the game, but he's uh, he just gave me a big old photo dump of about 50 more. So I'll have a little photo essay uh, about the Idaho-Montana game on SkylineSportsMT.com a little later on tonight. But the photo I'm looking at right now is of Hayden Hatton's second touchdown. And the ball is just right over the top. It's about to settle into Hayden Hatton's hands. But my gosh, I don't know if Garrett Graves, the safety for the Grizzlies, is going to do a pro day or not, but I hope he does. Just for the pure fact that this picture, he is four feet off the ground. I mean, this is an insane vertical. I'll, I'll post it on social media just because it's so impressive. Hatton also is just as advertised. Man, he is such a crazy good player to watch. And he's got so much heart and so much savvy. Now, what, a, what a weekend it was there in Moscow, Idaho. The Grizz come home with a 23-21 victory in the 89th rendition of the Little Brown Stein. The Montana Grizz soccer team are back on the cusp of a Big Sky Conference championship. This has become very familiar for Grizz soccer. The ladies have two games remaining in the regular season and can lock up a Big Sky title win uh, with a win on Thursday. Going to help the Grizz win a conference championship and then keep the celebration going on Sunday for Senior Day and Fan Appreciation Day, you should go to the game. 3 p.m. on Thursday against Sacramento State, and then Sunday at noon versus Portland State. A win in either of them will sew up the Big Sky title, but certainly uh, sewing it up before you got your last regular season home game would be fun. Uh, we always have tickets for you to all the Grizz soccer games. We usually give them away on Tuesday leading up to Thursday and then Friday leading up to Sunday. We're going to give you tickets all week long, though. We have tickets to Thursday's game today. We have tickets to the Sunday action later on in the week. You want to help the Grizz uh, sew up a regular season title? Call us right now. Fastest to the draw, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. First caller, we got a pair of tickets for you to the Grizz soccer match uh, against... Sacramento State. Uh, Chris Chudovitsky is doing a heck of a job. I, I've really liked getting to know both him, but also just their program, his philosophies and building the program. 
and they're doing it at an incredibly high rate. I mean, you think of Montana as a great mid-major school, but they're treating their, their women's soccer program as a high-major type of deal. They want to be regionally and nationally relevant. They want to be a team that's you know a top 50 in the country, an RPI type of team. They want to compete for the best of the best when it comes to recruits. And, and they did that last week. They got a gal who's the number one ranked player in the entire Northwestern United States, a gal who was on the U16 national team. So one of the best players in the country commits to Montana last week. So they're doing it at a high level. They, they really they don't consider themselves like a low major type program. They really want to be a high major type of program. And uh, that's reflected in their awesome season so far this year. So if, the, uh, if you want to cheer on the Grizz, stay tuned all week. We'll have soccer tickets for you. Uh, Andrew Houghton, our soccer aficionado here. He's got the great podcast, Soccer in Snow and Smoke. He also spearheads all of our Grizz soccer coverage this time of year. Uh, Andrew, it's been really fun watching uh, this team, but also just watching you cover them. Yeah, great soccer acumen, and I love just following along when they're playing on your Twitter. But, man, they've been playing at such a high level, and they're just they're winning in so many different ways. Like They certainly have an identity and a, and a style as a team, but I can't tell you how many different players you've been tweeting about and the different videos you've been putting out there. They just have so much talent, but they also seem like they're playing at an incredibly high level. So, I mean, just break this down for us. The, I mean, this is a dominant run so far for the Grizz and a chance to sew up the outright title here this uh, upcoming weekend. Yep, absolutely. They're still undefeated in, in six games in Big Sky Conference play. They drew Eastern Washington 1-1 in their first conference game a couple weeks ago. Since then, five wins in a row. Uh, they can clinch the the title, as you mentioned, with a win against Sac State on Thursday. And then uh, no matter what happens in that one, they can clinch the title with at least a draw against Portland State on Sunday. So if it's still up in the air, that could be a huge game on Sunday, senior day. Chance to clinch the title with a draw or a win. Uh, they've been really, really good. And last week, I think, was... I think the Northern Arizona game on Thursday was as good as I have seen them play. Northern Arizona is a very good team. They were playing in Flagstaff. Cold game kicked off at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. It's cold up there. The field is bumpy. They're not able to string passes together. They're not able to keep possession like they like. And then after all of that, they go down 12 minutes into the game on a deflected shot by actually former Grizz Molly Massman. And at that point, I was like, well, man, this is going to be really tough for them because now they can't string passes together because of the field. They can't possess the ball. They can't put attacks together. Now NAU can just sit back and not let Skyly Thompson or another one of the wingers run behind them. I think it's going to be really tough for them. Well, not even 10 minutes later, Skyly Thompson scores an incredible goal from outside the box with their left foot. That ties it at one. They go back and forth. I think NAU's a really good team. They go back and forth, but Montana wins it uh, with under 10 minutes to go on a combo that we've seen so much this year. I mean, they, they have a lot of girls scoring a lot of goals. They can score goals in a lot of ways. When they need to score a goal, they've got Ava Samuelson crossing the ball to Delaney Lushore. That's exactly what happened on a free kick with less than 10 minutes to go in that game against NAU. Delaney Lushore heads it in for her fourth goal of the season. They win 2-1. I thought that was as good a win as they've had all season. And then Sunday, you know, a little bit nicer. Sun's in the air in northern Colorado. Northern Colorado doesn't have a win this season. Grizz just, just look really great. They're free-flowing. They put up 16 shots, 8 on target. Maddie Ditta scores a penalty. 
Abby Gearhart scores a goal, the, the Bucknell transfer, after some great play down the left side. And then Skylie Thompson draws a penalty, and she scores it herself. They win 3 nothing, really easy. Um, so they're, they're firing on all cylinders, I think, right now. And again, the scenarios for this week, if they win against Saxeo on Thursday, that's it. Nobody else can catch them. If they, uh, if they lose or draw that game, they have to get at least a draw against Portland State on Sunday. I believe Portland State's the only team that can catch them. Uh, so the only way the Grizz don't win the conference title is if they lose both of those games or if they draw against Sac State on Thursday and then lose to Portland State. So, so chance to clinch it on Thursday. Driver's seat certainly for the uh, Grizz soccer team. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Mornaweg. Coach Marty, not here. Of course, you, you would have... You would have recognized that if you, you know, if the man was in in the seat. He's on his way back from New York, so we'll pinch it for him. But he'll certainly be with us for the duration of the NFL season uh, coming up. But the Monday afternoon quarterback, probably presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking, and the Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's version of the NFL. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank, committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means is that your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. All right, a little role reversal, a little role play here. Usually I come up with all the talking points, and uh, I give my two cents, and then Coach Marty breaks all the things down around the NFL. Well, today, I'm Marty and Andrew is me, so he'll be asking me all the things I want to know about the uh, NFL and uh, I'll do my best. I mean, I certainly know the NFL incredibly well. I think I have a great acumen for it. I watch it more than any other sport. I didn't coach in the NFL for 26 years, so uh, we'll see. But uh, we'll have a lot of fun here on the uh, Monday afternoon quarterback. Where are we going to start? Coulter, happy to be bringing the juice like Coach Marty in here. Uh, Coulter, here we are bringing the juice. I miss him already. I can't wait for him to be back. Me too, because I just love sitting back here and, <laughs> and laughing while you two guys go at it. Uh, woke up a little bit late on Sunday because we were up way late after that Montana-Idaho game. So I caught the end of the the sort of the morning games. 49ers didn't uh, lose to the Cleveland Browns, 19-17. Miss a, miss a field goal at the end with the chance to win it. Brock Purdy looked awful. Uh, he was 9 of 22 at one point before that final drive. It's ridiculous. So 49ers lose, go to 5-1. and one. I'm coming into the afternoon game as an Eagles fan saying, well, okay. Eagles have a chance to stamp themselves as the best team in the NFL. They would have been the last undefeated team in the NFL. They're leading the whole game against the Jets, but they can't put them away, and then they lose that one. For as bad as Brock Purdy looked, Jalen Hurts looked even worse. His last interception was one of the worst throws that I've ever seen from him. Just ruined my entire Sunday. So they lose 2014 to the Jets. Those teams are the presumptive NFC favorites. They both take their first loss on the same week. Which of these teams has you more worried and then also big injuries for both these teams in this game. Debo Samuel leaves the game for the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey leaves the game for the 49ers. Trent Williams leaves the game, but it seems like he'll be back. For the Eagles, Lane Johnson leaves the game. Half the secondary is hurt for the Eagles. Which of those sets of injuries has you more worried? Andrew, let me tell you. No, I'm not going to do it like that the whole time. Um, <laughs> that would that would actually ruin my vocal cords. Nobody can do it like Well, two guys can do it. Marty Mornawig and Macho Man Randy Savage. They're the only two that can actually roll like Coach Marty does. Um, first of all, 
I say absolutely ridiculous because I only had a chance to put in three bets for the weekend. Usually I sit down there at the kiosk and, and spend an inordinate amount of time curating all my numbers and all the spreads and stuff. We were on our way out of town. There's no sports gambling in Idaho. So I only had a chance to lay a couple bets. I bet the Eagles minus one and a half paired with the Eagle or with the Niners minus one and a half. Well, neither of those matter because both of them out the window, both of them lose. I thought the, the Niners was the surest bet of the weekend, not only because I think they're the best team in the National Football League, but also because Deshaun Watson was out. P.J. Walker was in for the Browns. So I'm sitting here thinking this is easy money. I mean, the, the Niners, who are playing great football right now, even though the Browns are really good on defense and Cleveland has a real home field advantage, I still thought that the Niners would be able to cruise in that game. So I thought minus one and a half. I mean, they were nine and a half point favorites. I thought minus one and a half would be pretty easy money. Uh, but not so fast. I also thought that the decisions uh, late in games by both Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll were egregious. Neither one of them took field goals. I guess the Niners did take a field goal in one of two spots, but not both the spots they could have. Seattle didn't take field goals twice and then ended up having to go for it on fourth down twice and ended up losing by four. If they just kicked the field goal the first time, then they could have kicked a game-winning field goal instead of having to go for it on fourth down, and they wouldn't have lost to the Bengals either. But I digress. I thought that, though... Um, the question is, who am I more worried about? I would say neither because neither of these teams is going to go undefeated. They're still the two best teams in the NFC and two of the three best teams in the NFL. Neither one of them is going to go undefeated. So you're going to lose one, two, three games. And I actually think that when you lose, then you can actually self-scout and adjust and, and get things right. Um... I think Brock Purdy looking bad is not necessarily me having egg on my face after I screamed about how he's good all week last week. I just think it's more that the Browns, people know that the Niners and the Eagles have nasty defenses. The Browns have one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, Miles Garrett is one of the best players in the NFL. Denzel Ward is one of the best corners in the NFL. Browns have a culture that they really get behind, and they're nasty, nasty at home. So I, I think that that's okay. You know, you hit the skids. I also thought Kyle Shanahan looked haggard, man. He looked... I don't want to say this about somebody, but he looked hungover or something. It was it was really weird. Uh, maybe that's just the wear and tear of the season. But regardless, uh, the Eagles, I mean, have you seen the statistics of what the Jets have done the last couple weeks? I mean, they've been – I mean, Robert Sala came out in his press conference today. He said, yeah, we just embarrassed several of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they did. I mean, they, they, they allowed three touchdown passes and had eight picks in the last three weeks, and that's a stretch that includes playing Patrick Mahomes – and playing Jalen Hurts. So the Jets, as I've said since the beginning of the year, are also nasty on defense. I think both those defenses are two of the top five or six units in the National Football League. It was only a matter of time before these teams lose. I actually think that losing in mid-October is a heck of a lot better than losing in mid-December or early January. No, that's right, and it only becomes a problem if it becomes a, a trend, right? I mean, one game against one of the best defenses in the league in both situations. Okay, Coulter, then. That put that gives us five teams right now at, at five and one because we don't have any undefeated teams. Nineteen seventy two Dolphins can pop the champagne. Mercury Morris, baby, friend shout of the out show. To, to, shout out to Larry Zonka. Yeah, uh, Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, Dolphins, and the Detroit Lions. Yep. are all at five and one. Who are you taking out of that group right now? Who's the best team in the league? Niners. Here's my power rankings of those teams, and I know that there's going to be people that are screaming at their radios saying I'm wrong. My power rankings are Niners 1, Eagles Chiefs tied for 2. I think it's a coin flip there. And if I had to make a pick, I'd still say Patrick Mahomes greater than 
uh, the Eagles, but I still think the Eagles are right there. I'm going Lions number four, and I'm saying Dolphins number five. The Dolphins are rolling. I know that they're rolling. I still, I just don't quite believe in it yet. They have such great offensive skill players. They are running such a unique offense. But every single week that they play is a chance for there to be more film on their offense, and there's going to be someone that cracks the code and throws the kitchen sink at them. I mean, look at the look at something well, that the game Bills last did it uh, more or less totally, in totally. that loss. Yes, and, and, and it's a copycat league, right? I mean, the Bills are scored; they scored forty plus couple times, and then the you know stinking up the joint New York Giants still went out and held them in check last week, uh, last night, excuse me. And even though the Bills won, that's what happens in the NFL. It's it's you have three, four, five, six games where you roll. And somebody figures out how to crack your code and they throw the kitchen sink at you. And when it works, then everybody else copies that. And then you got to start over. You got to make something new. It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Except for Coach Marty's coming back from New York City. Marty Mornoweg, more than a quarter century in the NFL. But uh, we still forge on giving you Montana's brand of NFL, courtesy of Montana's brand of banking. Stockman Bank has locations all across the state of Montana. They are in Montana and only in Montana. And they plan on keeping it that way. Uh, okay, we'll do a couple more because we got to get Riley Corcoran right at 530. He's got an obligation at 545. So we will get out here uh, in about, I don't know, let's let's go for like four more minutes. We'll take a break. We'll get Riley, keep him just for about 10, and then we'll uh, come back to the NFL. So what else? what's next? Well, just last thing on the, on the Dolphins, on those top five teams. First of all, I don't really think there's a fraud in that group. I think those are all really, really good teams. Yeah. I get what you're saying about the Dolphins being game plan for. Yes. Here's what I'm saying. You can't really crack the code for Tyree Kill, right? Or Rasheem Mostert or the the, the other kid. The you can, Devon A-Chain. A-Chain. I mean, I was looking him up. I was like, oh, first time I saw he's him. A, he's a legit national level sprinter. First time I saw him, I was like, this guy's not, It's a, this is impossible. This guy can't be this fast. Yep. Then I looked it up. He was the two-time national Gatorade track runner of the year. He's the one of the most decorated sprinters in the history of high school sports in America. And he ran 4-3-1 at the combine. I was like, oh, well, he actually is impossibly fast. He's like literally one of the fastest players ever at the combine. It makes a little bit more sense. Absolutely. I think you could have the greatest game plan in the world. You're not going to have anybody as fast as those guys. Yes. I think that's sort of uh, bulletproof. Uh, last one in this segment here then, and this was another one of the early games that you mentioned, the Bengals did get a win over the Seahawks. Yep. Bengals are sitting at 3-3, three and three, even, though Ty, uh, even though Joe Burrow has not looked like Joe Burrow. Is this a win for them, getting to, getting to 500 through six games with Burrow being so limited? And is there... I, is there a sleeper there? Because because they've gotten to this point in the schedule, they're at 500, they're still in it. Joe Burrow's got to start looking like Joe Burrow at some point, though, but is there something there? Well, yeah, this is what every young quarterback has to go through. This is why Patrick Mahomes is so ridiculous, because you can be the golden boy and the, the star of the moment, and you can do it for a quarter of a season or a half a season or a full season or even a season and a half. Then once the world starts raining down upon you and you have to deal with injuries and adversity and the failures of your own expectations because of your own talent, how do you respond? Can you respond and stay elite? Can you respond and evolve? Joe Burrow was certainly, you know, Joe Cool. He was, he was the hot young guy in the league for a while. Can he turn the corner, though? He's gone through an injury. He's, he's been hurt multiple times. He already came back from one devastating injury. Can he rally again? 
Can they do enough on defense to sort of buoy it? I I love that that the Bengals were able to challenge the Chiefs like they have been. I thought that that little rivalry between Burrow and Mahomes was awesome. There's something about Joe Burrow lately that's been driving me crazy. And I can't really put my finger on it other than he has this certain aura of arrogance and maybe, dare I say, nonchalance. It's as Coach Barty always says. Burrow gets sacked a lot, and a lot of the time it's his fault. And then he also then doesn't really take that upon himself. So, I don't know. I think it's a the Bengals have been the, the primary contender in the AFC. It's been Bengals and Bills that have been challenging the Chiefs for the AFC crown here these last handful of years. The Bengals have a lot of work to do to get back. And I agree with you, Andrew. It, it takes Joe Burrow being an absolutely uh, elite player. I did think that even though that was a complete slugfest last yesterday, and the Seahawks definitely should have won. They should have taken the field goal both times, and they should have won 19-17. Even though the Bengals didn't look that good, most teams didn't look that good yesterday. This is how the NFL season goes. The first month, the best teams usually look the best, and the worst teams usually look the worst. But then the bad teams start getting better. The wor- the, the the great teams, everybody starts making game plans for them that they got to then resolve the puzzle. Everybody starts getting hurt. You never know when teams start having infighting and the things aren't going the way that they want it to go. So they, they lose their momentum or they're going way better than they wanted it to go. So now they got something that, I mean, I thought the Houston Texans were going two and 15 this year. The Houston Texans are good. They're going to go, I don't know, they're going to win seven, eight games this year. And that's going to ruin all of these coin flip games that you had. So I mean, this is why, this is why I should take my own advice. We always say it on all football all the time. Don't bet week five, six, and seven in the NFL. Yep. It's the worst weeks to bet because you never know who's going what way and who's hurt. It is the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, but March, Mar- Coach Marty is not here. Marty Mornoweg will be back next week. We'll take a break from the NFL talk, and we'll talk some college football, specifically the big win we watched in Moscow on Saturday evening. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, up next here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah, but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Appreciate you for tuning in on this Monday. It's hot as heck in my studio right now, but it's nowhere close to as hot as it was at the Kibbe Dome in Moscow, Idaho on Saturday night. Gosh, I was sweating like I stole something. Probably needed it. Probably good for me to sweat it out, but uh, certainly uh, that part was one of many memorable occurrences of what we saw on Saturday night as Montana goes into the Kibbe Dome 23-21 over Idaho to bring the Little Brown Stein 
back to Missoula. Montana's now won nine out of the last ten in this rivalry. They haven't lost to Idaho since the 90s, save last season's Vandals win in Missoula. And uh, certainly Montana's head coach, Bobby Houck, didn't hold back when he was celebrating uh, as the clock wound down. And neither of the Grizz players, once they got that stein in their hand, it was quite a scene down there uh, on the field. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Mornaweg, usually our second hour of each Monday show. And Coach Marty will certainly be back next week, and we will certainly talk some more NFL before the show is over today. But let's go back to the scene in Moscow with our great friend, friend of the show, and the man behind the mic, the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran here uh, on Nuanas Now. Riley, first of all, was it as hot in your booth as it was everywhere else in the Kibbe Dome? Oh, my gosh. It was so hot in our booth. Sunberg and I were sweating. We were talking about doing a, a costume change mid-game, but everything was going so well for the Grizz, we couldn't do it. We were superstitious. But it was so hot in that dome. That's the one thing I don't think they were ready for with having 14,000 or so bodies in there. But uh, we were sweating. The game was intense, and the temperature in there, gosh, that had to be, what, 76, 78 degrees? It felt like it. I mean, it was... It was really, really hot. And I was running up and down from the sidelines, uploading videos on the computer. I mean, at one point, Andrew looks at me, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm having a great time. <laughs> I'm also just pouring sweat. I can't imagine playing in this. Um, I have given my hour-plus worth of thoughts already on this show on what I saw and what it means. So for you, Riley, I, I guess I'll start with this. The Grizz had... I mean, a, a loss in Flagstaff that you could argue is one of the most embarrassing and surprising losses in the modern history of the program and certainly one of, if not the worst losses under Bobby Houck. Since then, Montana has changed everything, and they haven't lost. In your mind, though, what have been the biggest changes, both in the, the schematic stuff that they've changed, but also just the differences in the way they're operating right now that's helped them reascend and now sit at number nine in the national polls? I tell you what, it's night and day across the board. I know it's so cliche to say, well, man, they needed a wake-up call, right? But but they did in every sense of the word to the intensity of practice day in and day out. I know they, they pride themselves on the process so much that I think that unfortunately with the schedule they had and the expectations they had, they did get caught maybe overlooking that September slate where after three games being 3-0, and knowing they weren't really playing their best, then all of a sudden stubbed their toe, and now we've seen the best version of them from week to week. And what's really encouraged me and gets me excited, Coulter, is just the progression from those weeks, even from Idaho State to the second half of that to what we saw against UC Davis. And then another layer up last week against Idaho. But, but really the identity on offense is what has struck me for this team. They are all playing, every position group is playing with more confidence knowing that Clifton McDowell has been the man and is the man for this team. He's a he's a soft-spoken leader. He leads by example. He's tough as nails. We've seen that. I mean, he's had double-digit rushing carries all three of these games that he started. He's okay having the ball in his hands, and he has shown that he's a capable passer. I mean, that dime that he dropped to Junior Bergen, doesn't matter how it flutters out of the hand. I mean, his completion percentage has really surprised me. Um, that's on the offensive side. Defensively, I mean, call it what it is. They're bringing pressure again, and they had disguised Riley Wilson so much, and he was not himself for three straight games. And quite frankly, I think the Butler game and last week were the first times that we really saw Riley Wilson at full strength. He was a difference maker. It was just fun to see the Grizzly defense fly around and uh, embrace the underdog role. I know they're never going to say that they're, they're the underdog, but boy, it sure felt like that with all 
of everybody pretty much talking about Idaho going into that game. And uh, the Grizz embraced it, and they came out on top. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz here. On to on is now. ESPN Radio. Part of the Monday afternoon quarterback, probably presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. A uh, couple retorts there. First of all, McDowell's certainly playing way better. And, and the thing about the uh, the end game 23-21 score, certainly Idaho had a, a, a very, very fierce rally. And, and Javon and McCoy and Hayden Hatton and that whole offensive unit deserves a ton of credit for staying in it. But if Aaron Fonts catches that dime that McDowell threw into the end zone and that barely slipped through Fonts' hands, or McDowell doesn't overthrow Fonts when there was no safety over the top, or say they hit, they hit both of those, Montana might cruise to that victory. So even with Montana getting out of there with the win, certainly there were some missed opportunities there. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about, though, Riley, is I, mean, I thought Levi Janicaro stated it so uh, poignantly in his postgame press conference. He said, hey, all week long, we played it up that everybody thought we were the underdogs. We don't think anybody in this locker room is an underdog. We're never going to act like an underdog internally, but we let that be the narrative around the game. That's never been the narrative around the Grizz, especially when Bobby Houck has been the head coach. I thought, though, that that squarely then thrust Idaho into the role of favorites. We saw the betting line move four points from the time it opened to the time that it closed. You saw Idaho get all this national publicity. Jason Eck is on this show. He's on shows across the state of Idaho, across the Northwest. He even did a national hit. Their whole social media, which they did a great job hyping up the game. But, I mean, they're trolling the Grizz. They're trolling Bobby Houck. They're trolling Grizz fans. They're trying to build the hype. And Coach Houck said it straight out the gates. He said, this was a lot of fun, and my guys fed off of this. I mean, they even moved where the Grizz stood to make them stand right in front of the student section. And the student section is just raining down with vitriol on the Montana sidelines. And guess what? The Montana Grizz loved every second of it. How much do you think just sort of the role reversal and the dynamic uh, just mentally, psychologically in this game played a factor in the result? Colter, you can't quantify it because everything you said was so spot on for what the Grizzlies played this thing up to be. And they were upset, really. And you got to go back to last year. And Bobby House does not like saying the word revenge very much. But call what it is. Idaho won seven games last year and got off to a great start this season. Well, Montana looked at it as, hey, if they don't beat us at our place, what really was Idaho last year? So they really weren't believing the hype, number one. And then you throw in the fact, number two, that, yeah, everybody was talking about the Vandals, the rise of them. Nobody really thought Montana had a chance. They heard everything that had been talked about the previous couple of weeks, and and I would say villain. Villain would be the great, great word to put on there. Coach Houck embraced it, so did the rest of the team of going in their enemy territory and just really embracing it all. And we saw the best version of Montana. I mean, the fight, the fight on the sideline. I mean, compared to Northern Arizona would just be injustice because it's not even on the same level. But just the way Montana looked, I mean, the offensive line, I thought, played great throughout the course of the game. Obviously, the defensive line had their best game. The linebacking core, they're five deep at this point. Secondary's proven that they can get the, their hands on the football. I mean, it is all coming into place right now. And, yes, Montana's not, not going to have the offense that's going to blow you away. But they're methodical in how they do it. And now they all believe in the same plan moving forward. And, and, and that's instrumental in the success that they've had the last couple weeks on the road. Right, Horgan, voice of the Grizz here on Nuanas Now. Here's what's so fascinating about this now, Riley, is this Grizz team, the conversation about it and everything has been so interesting. It's been so different than pretty much any Grizz team I've ever covered. First, there was the non-conference. Oh, the Grizz didn't play anybody. Oh, the Grizz struggled with Butler and Ferris State. 
You know, this Grizz team, they just don't quite look like they got the horses. That was what everybody was talking about. All these national guys are voting the Grizz outside of their top 25 poll, which I'm going to go on a slight tangent here. It doesn't matter how down the Grizz are. And this is my complete Big Sky Conference bias, and I don't care. Eight or nine teams in the Big Sky Conference are better than pretty much every other te- every other school in the United States of America playing FCS football, period. So even if the Grizz are having a historically bad year, they're still a top 25 team in the FCS. I had to get that off my chest. You're just not doing it right. You have a, a bias against the Grizz if you're not voting in your top 25. Anyways, back to the, the point at hand, though. They, they got to sort of play into this, and then I was like, okay, well, now it's time to... To put up or shut up, and, and if they get routed here these first two weeks of October, so many people were going to say, well, the Grizz really are what they thought they were. They had an overinflated record. They didn't play anybody, and now they're just not very good, and they're going to have to fight for their playoff lives, and maybe they might miss the playoffs. All that's out the window. The Grizz made the playoffs on Saturday, I think. I mean, I, I think barring some sort of cat- catastrophe, you know, they're going to get a win over Northern Colorado to end the month, and then they have Sac State and Montana State, but they're both coming to town. So, I mean, I think the Grizz are probably realistically one win away from certainly making the playoffs, but they're already right there. But if things go their way now, they're going to reascend to the other side. And if they play their cards right, now all of a sudden you could have a 9-1 and Grizz team going into the rivalry game, and they're going to be a top-four team in the country. So how do they sort of do this balancing act? They thrived off of being overlooked and underrated. They're going to be back to the the big bad bear on the block if they play their cards right. So, I mean, how do you think they manage this dynamic, or does it not even matter? Uh, two things on this first off. I have to say that everything that you were talking about describing the Grizz, right, and maybe they're, maybe they're in trouble for the season, I think all of those um, all of those headlines have shifted to Fargo because that's exactly No kidding, right? Coming out of Fargo the last two days, the dynasty's dead. But besides from that, I mean, I mean, I think for Montana culture that, that they were playing themselves off as, hey, this is us against the world, but they truly believe that, that they should be favored, especially at home in every single game. They're going to have that confidence. So I think it was more of just a, a one- to two-week mantra for the perfect timing of them being on the road and still maybe being doubted. There's no doubt in that locker room, and you can just see that those guys are playing for each other. And I think a lot of what you're seeing with the connectedness on the sideline, get a lot of credit to that senior class because yes. after NAU, it could have went one direction or another. And they have absolutely ascended to the best version of themselves. And to be quite honest with you, this is one of the first times in certain members of the coaching staff, for me doing this now eight years, there's usually a pretty good thought of how good a team can be. That's not really the case this year because every week's a blank canvas to where the growth potential is so awesome and these coaches are thriving off of it. And I think that you've seen that the last three weeks. There's more confidence. There's more motivation from the inside. And the sky's the limit right now because – they're still not being talked about as maybe a team that can win the Big Sky Conference, but I don't think they need that, any kind of motivation like that at this point. If you would have said at the beginning of the season, looking at Montana's record, hey, they're going to go into the bye week at 6-1. and one. You, you can't pick what loss is going to happen, but they'll be 6-1 and one with three out of your final four games at home. I think that they'd take that. Absolutely right. Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. You can find him here uh, on Nuanas now from time to time. You can also find him every week on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com. And a lot of times those two things coincide with each other. Riley, I appreciate you taking some time, man. Please enjoy the bye week. Enjoy a little breathing time, and uh, we'll get back at it to finish up October. But thanks for being here today. Hey, sounds great. Thanks, Coulter. Good stuff, man. 
Love when Riley's rocking it with us. Be sure to check out that pod. Uh, we drop it each Tuesday. SkylineSportsMT.com. The Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty, presented by Stockman Bank. Marty Mortaway got his way back from the Big Apple, so he's not in with us, but we are certainly making do. And then some more NFL chatter, plus a preview of Monday Night Football. <laughs> Am I biased because I want to hammer the Chargers only because I hate the Cowboys? Probably. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> we'll discuss Monday Night Football betting lines and some other narratives around the NFL right after this. Keep it right here. The one is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I got to say it again. There's a lot of hair bands out there, like 80s metal hair bands, that are pretty exhausting and pretty corny. I know a lot of people like them, but whatever. But they're all a ripoff of Motley Crue. Motley Crue did it first. And if you take away the hair and the makeup... Motley Crue freaking rips. They're so sweet. I got a little kickstart in my heart uh, at the Kibbe Dome when the Vandals mo- uh, mascot came out onto the field and the place is going crazy and the thunder sticks. It's very rare we play the same artist twice on this show, but I was just I was just feeling good, like Dr. Feelgood. So here we are. A little Motley Crue times two for you here on this Monday. I'm Colter Nuanas. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you missed anything in the show, you can always find it. Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Want to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business? They have this new uh, small business wireless service called Smart Biz. Visit goblackfoot.com and just click on small business so you can find all the information there. The uh, Nuanas Now podcast also presented by the M Store where they're all grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org for any and all uh, of your blue and gold needs. The uh, Cowboys and the Chargers play tonight. Cowboys coming off of a uh, really embarrassing loss to the San Francisco 49ers. The Chargers are the Chargers. They are really talented. They You think that they're probably good, but then they just, they're just they just so up and down. They'll score 24 points in the first half and then let a team come back in, or they'll be down 21 points in the first half. They'll come screaming back, or they'll be back and forth, and they'll just lose in heartbreaking fashion. It's just so weird how they're just stuck in this purgatory of not as good as they should be, but better than you think they are. It, they are one of the weirdest franchises in all of pro sports. 
They got this golden boy quarterback in Justin Herbert, who I think is sweet. He certainly has plenty of ties to the state of Montana, so that makes it easy to root for. To me, one of the few fandom and biased things I got left in my heart and soul is that there's nothing that makes me more happy in sports than watching the Cowboys just get their butts kicked. And I know I'm not alone. So I'm trying to figure out what I think of this line. Cowboys are minus two and a half in L.A. tonight. Cowboys haven't looked very good to me this year. They looked awful last week. But again, the Chargers are the Chargers, and the Chargers are just going to charger. So I don't really know what to think of this. So what I'm doing in terms of the betting is I'm going to bet the Chargers to win the first half. I got the Chargers minus two and a half in the first half, and then I'm going to bet the over. Give me the over all day long. Uh, before we get back to reanalyzing, I just want to get that line out there because I know that's the game everybody's going to be watching here in a little while. Um, we're rolling into a baseball game right after this, right, Andrew? We are, correct. So we have, uh, what's what's tonight? Is the National League tonight? Game one of the NLCS. Diamondbacks and Phillies. In Philly, so you know it's going to be hopping. I can't believe that Texas won again last night. Texas is And just they won again red. today. They and just they wrapped did? up the 5-4. I mean, this is like a ridiculous winning streak. Who would have thought the Rangers? I heard this earlier today, and it might actually make... I mean, I said it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, I heard this the other day, and it might actually make me kind of a Rangers fan. Bruce Bochy wears a size eight and a quarter hat. I got got the size eight and a quarter dome myself. So, melon heads for the win. Let's go, Bruce Bochy. Also, they're playing the Astros, so of course I'm going for them in the American League Championship Series. But tonight should be a good one in Philly. should be uh, entertaining. So we'll roll right into that here on ESPN Radio. So you can switch back and forth between Monday Night Football and uh, and the baseball game. Let's do a couple more NFL. It's uh, our Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Mordoweg. Coach Mordoweg not here today, but he will be back next week. Uh, he's just coming back from uh, a little family time out there in New York City. But we'll be uh, happy to have him back next week. It's presented by Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. All right, what else you got from yesterday? Well, I wanted to touch on the NFC South because that's just a, a garbage division. All four teams <laughs> lost yesterday. None of them looked really good. The Saints lost to the Texans. The Saints aren't good. I tried to tell you guys this. But nobody else in that division is either, so I might still pick them to win the division. That's They're true, right? They're 3-3, and three, whatever. The, they the, look the, awful. The Falcons Desmond lost Desmond Ritter to, threw three picks for the Falcons, Against though. the Commanders, right? Yep. Yeah, that's not a good loss either. Bucks had nothing for the Lions. Gosh. The Panthers are 0-6. I don't really want to talk about that, though. Let's go to the <laughs> flip side of that conversation. It's actually kind of a fun race in the AFC South. Yes, it is. Jaguars got to 4-2. and two. They hung just about 40. I think they hung 37 points on the Colts. Yep. So they're at 4-2, and two, but the yep. Colts are at 3-3. and three. Yep. They're still hanging. The yep. Texans beat the Saints. They're at 3-3. Three and three. What do we think about that division? Well, I think that I mean, the NFC South, everybody's as bad as we expected them to be. So I'm feeling correct in our assertion that that's the worst division in football. We nailed that one. And I also think that my him and Han about picking the Falcons, I'm still not... I was, like, so disappointed in myself for saying that on the live radio until then I watched all the teams. I was like, oh, no, that's right. I was right. The, the Saints, are, I couldn't bring myself to pick the Saints, who was the betting favorite in that division, because they're just not any good. And so I... I still think my, my Falcons bet might have a little bit of juice. But on the, the flip side, the teams in the AFC South are way better than we thought they were going to be. Jacksonville's been good, and they've overcome this really slow start. And uh, they've been great the last couple weeks. And Trevor Lawrence certainly coming into his own. They have so many weapons. If Christian Kirk is healthy and playing well, they're tough. But the, the, the reason that the, these other two teams, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans, are good and better than we thought they were is because they both hit 
on really talented quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud absolutely through the first six games of the year is the rookie of the year in the NFL. It's not close. He looks like a bona fide elite guy for sure. And then the Colts, Anthony Richardson has been very good. But when he's been out, which has happened twice or maybe even three times already, Gardner Minshew continues to be the the mustachio magic man. I mean, he's a great backup guy to have and a great veteran guy to have in your back pocket. And, oh, by the way, the Colts have one of the great – I know that they've not, they're not quite as good as they were a couple years ago, but they have one of the best offensive lines in the league, too. That's such a huge advantage for a young quarterback or – a journeyman quarterback to step in behind. That's why we talked about them as, as being a team if they could just find a quarterback, and then they went through Phillip Rivers, and they went through Wentz, and Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan never, yep. never found one. But, hey, uh, we were up on the Palouse this weekend, so shout-out to Gardner Minshew. Last one I wanted to get from you, and maybe we talk about this more later in the week because I think we can dig into this one. Patriots look just absolutely vile again. <laughs> They're so bad. They're awful. They dropped to one and five. There's going to be a lot of competition for the number one pick, but I think this team is certainly going to get a top five pick. That's right. And there's probably at least three guys that's worth drafting in the top five or six, right? And for quarterbacks, you're talking about. Yeah, three yes. quarterbacks. Caleb Williams from USC for sure. Drake May is Drake a guy May who's not in that Caleb Williams, Trevor Lawrence and, category. And but Michael Penix is probably in that top absolutely. 10 as well, right? Right. So my question is, this has got to be the year you move on from Bill Belichick, right? Because if you end up with, for example, Drake May, do you really want Belichick handling that guy's development, or you just you just Man. make a clean break, right? Man, it's going to be so hard because Belichick needs he needs a couple more seasons to be able to catch John Don Shula as the all time winning coach, and and you want to have him get that record just for the affirmation of his career and the affirmation of your franchise. It's been Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick riding together for 20-plus years. So to break up, is it's just it's going to be a messy divorce. But he's still like 25 wins away, though. If they go, I think, t- I, I think he I think he needs 19 or 20 wins. Yeah. But if they go if they go three and 14 this season <laughs> yes. and have the number three pick, how he'll confident be, are you? It'll still be multiple seasons away. How you're, confident you're right. are you that he's going to do that in the next two three seasons? No, that's it. That's right. Yeah, it's it's funny because. As I always say, when it's over, it's over. Kiss or goodbye. Like, my hair ain't coming back. We're shaving it forever. When it's over, it's over. You got to just move on. And there's so much history behind it. Bill Belichick is certainly one of the great football coaches in the history of the sport. But it's over, man. They don't got it. They are don't even have anything close to it. So I agree. I think you do have to move on, especially if you have a chance to, to save your franchise with one of these elite guys coming out. Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. We'll be back at it tomorrow. A whole bunch of prep stuff for you and some more football talk. We'll see you then. New on is now ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.